1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com.
3: Hello everyone welcome to another episode of the MLS multiplex podcast is drew here as always with Josh and Connor catching you up on what was another crapshoot week of MLS offseason action transfers all over the place. Some here some across the pond some everywhere so it's a busy week in major league soccer action and we are here to hang out and talk to you about it so thank you again so much for tuning in we are back on our weekly schedule two episodes in a week or yeah whatever two episodes in a week like normal real podcasters do instead of taking you know like five months off but it's fine we're good we're good um so it's been a week since we've last talked connor you you said the first words. so i'm gonna ask you how are you doing how is school going how is have you started school is that a thing yet
2: yes tomorrow will be the beginning of my second week so we're back in friday the things yeah
3: we you started guys start on a
2: friday I did. Do not ask me. I have. <laughs> I don't know why they do this. You don't make
3: those decisions. What do you mean?
2: Exactly. <laughs> um, we were. We they announced Wednesday uh, that we're going to go back in person, which not a fan of. But you know, it was bound to happen eventually. Um, big podcast changes with staff. Graph today. Rachel is leaving. She was hired by the Vancouver Canucks.
3: Best hockey team in the world. Sure. The flow.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. Um,
3: <laughs> They're about to be. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, we'll me a Stanley Cup. I'll get Rachel to send me a ring.
2: I don't think she'll send you a ring, but I'll probably <laughs> get to see it. I'll finagle my way to see it. Hey, that's good. Uh, in some capacity. But yeah, big news on that front. Searching for internships. So if you're somebody looking for an intern, um, if it's remote and you're in the US, hit me up. I'd love to do it. Um, But, yeah, just grinding away. FIFA Team of the Year starts tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to all of the PSG and Man City players that are in it. But, Josh, have you started your new job yet?
1: No. No, not yet. Um, Still waiting. They've been having trouble with gathering my application, so that's been fun. But uh, in the meantime, it's still just been uh, teaching for me. Um, oh, not that much this week. We had Monday off for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, we got uh, so much snow over the weekend, you know, just snowed in. I don't even know oh, how I didn't mention how much snow we got. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we uh, out of the three of us, I got the least amount. It snowed for a good <laughs> bit on Sunday here, but it wasn't cold enough for it to stick, And it never like snowed heavily enough at like any point. It was all kind of just like little showers, basically, and then yeah, none of none of it ended up sticking, so it was lame here. Whereas you know, you woke up to like three feet of snow or, or whatever, something crazy with yeah. your with your front yard trenches and your cars <laughs> that have like their like height of snow on top of them.
2: Like it wasn't amounts. okay. Before people freak out, it wasn't that much snow. Yeah, I think we I guess got. Yes, it was. <laughs> I think we've got 38 centimeters, which, uh, quick Google.
3: Translate that, please. I don't think Josh is exaggerating that much. I think I'm he's not. a little hyperbolic here, but not a ton. Those do look like trenches. That looked like some Water Warfare 2 stuff going on. Uh,
2: fi- around fi- close to 15 inches of snow.
1: Um, okay, so only more than a foot. But the most that yeah. it's ever snowed here in Georgia, at least in the areas I've lived, has been maybe five, six inches, six inches at most. And That's- I might be exaggerating a little bit.
2: This was like a once in 20 years sort of storm. Uh, It came up from the northeast of the U.S. So it came east to west, which is very, very weird, Uh, which is why it dumped so much snow on us. The place just outside of Toronto, Oshawa, got 50 centimeters of snow, which um, in inches, 50 centimeters is 19.685 inches. Right. So... It was a lot of snow. Um, we were sort of shut down for a couple days, two snow days uh, in a row for Ontario uh, Ontario public schools. and yeah, it was crazy. a a lot of snow, and it's not going away anytime soon. It's currently Celsius negative sixteen. So <laughs> it's here to stay. But uh, apart from the snow, Drew, you got a little bit. You sent a picture that looked very pretty um a lot better than what we had and a lot more manageable than what we had
3: yes i got about three to four inches of snow in my little humble abode known as murrayville georgia um i think we got kind of the most i am a little more north than josh so we got Three-ish four. It did stick for a while. Um, it is gone now because as I speak, it is definitely not too cold in Georgia. Uh it's like 40, 40 degrees. So Fahrenheit. I have no idea what that is in Celsius. Um, so more it's more than not, zero. More than zero can confirm. Club confirms more than zero degrees. So it it stuck like for a night, and then the next day it was gone. So yeah. But now I'm in Athens hanging out, and there's definitely not any snow here. I think Athens was more like what Josh got, like barely any snow. So that's probably the most snow I've seen in a while. And it was cool. It was hard to walk in, and then driving kind of sucked. But four inches wasn't too bad.
2: Nice. Uh, still searching for jobs, obviously.
3: I am, yeah. I thought you were saying you were still searching for jobs because you were looking at your computer. Um, I am, so... If anyone here has an intern that they want, hire Connor. If they need a full-time employee that they want, hire me.
2: So, hey, if you're looking for a full-time remote, <laughs> I'm open too here, okay? Let's not limit We're my searches. Three dudes
3: looking <laughs> for jobs here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, still looking for jobs. The job hunt is continuing. But post-grad life, I don't have homework to do, which is nice because I'm constantly like, oh, crap, let's do it midnight tonight. And nothing, nothing to do at midnight tonight. I can just watch basketball and not worry about homework for the first time in like 20-something years. 18 years, I guess. How long have I been in school? Yeah, 18 years.
2: I don't like you for that. I don't like you for that. I have an assignment due on Tuesday, which I have to get up at before 8 a.m. to listen to the radio for an hour and record it.
3: Dude, this hotel room I'm at has like one of those really old school radios. Like the whole vibe of this hotel room is like 1920s college student. Where you like turn the power on, and then you have the other switch that like you switch, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Guess the first song I pulled up on the radio was what? "Firework" by Katy Perry.
1: Nice.
3: And the radio was accidentally like turned on. All not accidentally I like slid it the whole way the first time. So like in the middle of the night on a Thursday, Katy Perry was blasting through my hotel room, and I think I'm okay with that.
2: I'm sure your neighbors loved that. I probably need to go apologize. Actually, no, I (laughs) don't. Let's talk some soccer because we have soccer we need to talk about. Lots of it, in fact. And Josh is going to do the hosting again because, well, he was actually efficient at it and didn't get off track last time. Um, But I'm going to start us off with the North Americans abroad, and I will list off all of the transfers because, surprisingly, there were quite a few. Um, But we'll start with the one that happened today as we're recording this on Thursday night which was Feyenoord signing Cole Bassett on loan for 18 months with either an option or an obligation to purchase from Colorado. Uh, James Sands made his debut, who moved last week in the Scottish Premier League for I Rangers. I think it was Glasgow Rangers. Rangers. Um, see, I know my Scottish teams. Uh, <laughs> Matt Turner is reportedly potentially on the move to Arsenal. Uh, this would be a huge transfer reported fee around seven and a half million dollars for the American national team goalkeeper uh, in other moves. Aaron Ramsdale would likely become the starter with Burn Leno being loaned or sold to Newcastle. Um, so Turner would get the backup spot on Arsenal played probably mostly cup matches, maybe the odd Premier League game. Other Americans, Brendan Aronson, could be on the move with Leeds apparently offering an increased amount for him after offering uh, 15 million euros last week, which was turned down. Justin Shea moved apparently to Hoffenheim. Uh, It was a loan deal until 2023 with an option to buy. I believe those were German sources that stated that because I haven't seen anything American side reporting it. So. We'll see whether or not that comes true. And finally, in some women's soccer news, because this has to be included, Stephanie Labay, the Canadian Minister of Defense, uh, as she was lovingly called, the goalkeeper for Canada at the Olympics, is going to retire. She's decided to hang up the boots. Uh, She's been released for contract with PSG by mutual consent. And yeah. Legend retiring from the game. But we'll do what we usually do with you gentlemen. Pick out one thing from the North Americans abroad you find most interesting. And I always go to Josh first, so I'm giving Drew first dibs on this one. There's
1: no way he picks what I'm going to pick. Oh, gosh.
3: Oh he's definitely going to. This is a stressful. This is stressful because... Let's see, what, what is the most important? Usually I get like 45 seconds to think this thing through, and now you just throw <laughs> me into it. Um, you know, the plan, I have to mention Stephanie LeBay um, as a North Carolina courage goalkeeper. She rocks, um, and she was phenomenal for Canada in the Olympics. And you didn't even mention the Canada-US women's national team game sold out already in Hamilton, right? What? The, in the, the Canada-US women's national team broke up qualifying in Canada. It's already sold out, right? The men's? No, the women's. Someone wrote this in the doc, but never mind. We'll talk about. Oh, that. that's, no, no, the no. That's, that's, that's the men's. That's the men's. Men. Oh, yeah, whoops. that's only 50% oh,
1: That's something else totally. Okay, never
3: mind. Skirt. Okay, just came out. But yes, yeah, step <laughs> Um, yes, North Carolina Courage. She's awesome. Uh, happy to see her go out on top as Olympic gold medalist. But I mean, it has to be. I'm saying to say Brendan Aaronson leads. I'm gonna go kind of off the beaten no! path. Yes, it was not the beaten path. Yes, no! yes, finally. <laughs> um. Yes, I went. I'm Where go is it? There one. it is. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Now I have to explain myself. Shoot. This is where like, I have is. a
2: whole.
3: T- <laughs> <laughs> Josh is just going to listen to this like this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, I'm going to very scratch the surface here, scratch the surface here, <laughs> and let Josh um, probably completely roast me for his probably in-depth, very detailed explanation, because we this has kind of been a mini saga, I think, to follow along just this guy getting offered for money. And I saw a tweet, Tommy Scoops tweeted out that a coach found a advanced analytic that he's in like the top 1% in the world of ground covered just in general. Like this kid loves to run and that's phenomenal. Just a cool stat. And this is a club that's, you know, continuing to spend a lot of money on them or be willing to spend a lot of money on them. Um, exciting to see where he goes in the future This is continuing the development of these players coming out of major league soccer. So I think that's really exciting. Something that's gonna be fun to follow Maybe for a while, maybe for not so while. Um, It's a lot of money, and we'll see where that goes. But that was my most important North American abroad moment. In addition, special shout-out to Stephanie LeBay, North Carolina Courage, former goalkeeper. So, Josh, if you have any more in-depth analysis on either Stephanie LeBay or Brendan Aronson, the Leeds, I would love to hear it. But what is your North American abroad moment of the week? Brought to you by Fansided.
1: Unfortunately, I I don't have much to say about Stephanie LeBay. um I've I haven't really like I recognize her name, but I'll be honest. Up until one of you said her name out loud, I thought it was Stephanie Lab. So, oh my shows God. you how much I know about her.
3: We love as the pronunciation king over here. I can say yeah, that's, right? that's some shenanigans over there. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So that shows you how how much of of her I've seen and or learned about over the years. Uh, but. I do know a bit more about Brendan and More specifically, I know a bit more about Leeds. Um, this this is just super interesting to me because I I've been following Leeds ever since uh, Bielsa took over because I I really like Marcelo Bielsa and his style of play and the legacy he's left behind already. You know, even for someone who's still really active in the coaching world. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this Brendan Aronson move. That is to say, if it even happens, because Leipzig or not Leipzig. I'm sorry, Salzburg are determined to keep him because of Champions League knockouts coming up soon, of which they will be taking a part of. They definitely want Aronson for that. He's uh, obviously an important player for them. But I, having watched Leeds this season, I mean, they're they're having a really bad season compared to last year, and they've been really struggling a lot. And maybe things are about to change around. They've just won two games in a row. But I personally am under the impression that Bielsa is going to leave at the end of the year. He's never coached in this spot for more than two years, except for Leeds, and he's in his fourth year there. Um, And part of his style is there's always this sort of burnout, something we've seen with uh, Matias Almeida happened with Gabriel Heinze down in Argentina, Uh, never got to that point in Atlanta, uh, obviously, since he was only there for like two months, Um, but I have a feeling that Bielsa is going to leave at the end of the year so as an American who likes Bielsa it's exciting to see the possibility of Aronson maybe getting there, which I do think, by the way, I do think Leeds are going to, I think they're going to get him in this window. I think they will up the price. They seem so determined to get him. And just knowing their technical director, Victor Orteta, he is a, he's a very headstrong guy when he wants something, he's going to go out and try to get it to the best of his ability. And like I said, Leeds have not been having a great year. Brendan Aronson could be that kind of player that comes in and makes an immediate impact um, and both helps the team and helps them survive. They've been dealing with tons of injuries as well, as, uh, COVID stuff in the last few weeks. So that part of it's really intriguing to me. But again, after Bielsa, it's like, who's going to take over? Maybe Jesse Marsh, by the way, he is going to be a name to watch, should Bielsa leave Leeds United, because they're going to love that sort of pressing style. But I do feel like we should say something about Matt Turner. That just popped up this morning. Teo Twelman decided to say something about it. He heard something and mentioned him Uh, mentioned Turner going to Arsenal. Uh, The three of us were kind of talking about briefly before we uh, started recording, but it's been interesting to see the discourse surrounding Turner's potential move to Arsenal. Some people saying he shouldn't do it because he'll lose his consistent playing time that he's had with the New England Revolution. And while that's true, as an undrafted guy out of college uh, who will likely be quadrupling his current salary just by being a backup, it does seem like this is probably best for Turner, for himself, for his family, Um, And plus, Greg Berhalter's already shown that Premier League backups do have a chance to start in big games. We've seen it with Zach Steffen, currently the backup at Manchester City. So I think it's uh, really cool for Matt Turner. This is great for New England. I mean, they're selling on these players all of a sudden. Um, You know, they've spent so long being kind of in like this uh, purgatory of mediocrity. So good for them to be escaping, get a supporter shield, sell off a bunch of players, become super relevant both here in the US, and they're starting to become, you know, very recognizable worldwide. So very exciting time for the club and for Matt Turner, who's very deserving of a move like this.
2: One thing I want to jump off of from your leads statement is he isn't technically a North American, but he did play in North America. Shout out Jack Harrison, who scored a hat-trick on the weekend, former NYCFC, and I believe super draft pick too. Yes. A um, so- college kid big big performance from him um that's unreal score a hat trick in the Premier league uh on lead. so potentially having an mls and american mls player on the same team um yeah i don't really have much else to add uh either of you have anything you want to say do you want to mention the uh
1: canada u.s game coming up and what is it like 10 days from now
2: Sure. Uh, we'll do a preview next week in terms of what's going to happen uh how that's all going to go. <laughs> Predictions, all that fun stuff. But came out today, literally tonight, that Canada is going to have to restrict the attendance uh, for this game. It's going to be capped at 50%, which will be, I believe, around 15,000-ish. I think the capacity is 24. So um, maybe less than that, like 12 Um, I think the capacity is 24 K so it's not an ideal situation for Canada. Um, but they are still going to have fans. Technically there were rumblings and sort of beliefs last weekend, apparently, or last week that they might have to play the game in Costa Rica because they couldn't play it in anywhere in Canada, but they've managed to figure it out. (coughs) All tickets have been refunded and they're going to start reselling them pretty soon to fans and there's two different dates that it's gonna come tickets are gonna be available on, but I just thought that was pretty notable um for a pretty huge game in Canada's history. They're only going to be allowed to have 50% capacity and it's unfortunate, but it's what's gotta happen. Uh so yeah we'll do a preview next week. I assume neither of you have anything you want to say about that.
1: Nope.
2: All right then we will quickly head into an ad break before diving into some of the news from MLS last week. So we will be right back.
1: All right. And time to talk plenty of MLS news. We uh, spent last week's podcast recapping basically a month's work worth worth of, uh, of MLS news, lots of trades and transfers and signings and new coaching hires and We thought this week would be a little bit less, but no, MLS has been very crazy in the last week. So we'll start off with, yes. I have have
2: a request. Can we start with the most exciting news, which is Charlotte FC? Most exciting. Yes,
1: That's what I was going to.
2: Good. Okay. (laughs) Let's start with the newest
1: expansion team that hasn't yet to play a game, but has somehow not only sold a player, which we talked about last week, that became official. Riley McGree did go to Millsboro, but They also uh, lost one of their front office guys, uh, Mark Nichols, who I believe was like an assistant to uh, there's a Z in the guy's name. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that (laughs) my head because I don't have the uh, the name memorized yet, but he is left now to join Columbus crew as the crew's technical director taking over for Pat Onstead, who left to become Houston's technical director slash GM. So there's a bit of uh, some GM musical chairs going around, but that's the big news for Charlotte FC for this week.
2: Did you just call him Pat Onstead?
1: Yes. Did I say it wrong? Is it Onstead? Onstad. Onstad. It's an All right. Pat Onstad. There we go. He's Canadian, isn't he?
2: Canadian goalkeeping legend.
1: Yep. There you go. And Houston legend. Um,
2: Speaking of so Canadian goalkeepers.
1: Yes. This is huge news, uh, which will be the running theme for this week. Lots of, Intra-league trades using tons, tons and tons of our favorite form of currency, general allocation money, Garber bucks. That's what it should be called, Garber allocation money. But anyway, the big one, <laughs> Canadian goalkeeper Maxime Crepeau traded to LAFC from the Vancouver Whitecaps. Vancouver will be receiving $1 million in general allocation money. They're getting 250 k this year, 250 k next year. And then 500K split up over the three years after that. Uh, they're also receiving a draft pick in the first round of a year to be named later, I believe, is why there's a dash. I don't remember which year it was. I will certainly. It's it. honestly probably next year's draft because I feel like usually when uh, trades for draft picks go, it's the most um uh, That would
3: make upcoming sense. draft. But the yeah. fact that it's MLS makes me think you were right the first time. No one knows when this pick's going to come in. Let's, they also let's pretend
2: just broke roster things.
1: Yeah, like so. Completely.
2: Also, Paul Muniro was tweeting about this. 2025.
1: I was gonna say, I hope it's like the last year of this five-year like. So it's not quite that far ahead because that would make it 2027, but that's almost there. That's hilarious. I was kind of hoping it'd be like really far in the back. (laughs) You you just know that this first round, this 2025 first-round draft pick, LAFC is gonna send it to or no Vancouver. They're gonna send it to like you know, St. Louis SC for an international slot and a million dollars in gam like that's 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 what it's going to be probably that's where that draft pick's going to end up you know no way lafc ends up using it in 2025 but this is obviously huge news uh running theme this week is going to be giant giant deals and this one's big connor we'll start with you you said you've got some thoughts on this trade this really came out of left field uh, you said this on Twitter, but it's strange that Van uh, that LAFC are going to be using an international spot for a goalkeeper. That's not something normally done in MLS. So give us some thoughts, and uh, maybe you can mention maybe sort of why Crepo decided he wanted out of Vancouver, because that's been an interesting point as well.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll start with your second point, because I think that's the more interesting one. Uh, and the reason behind it was apparently Crepo wanted out for family reasons. I don't know specifically what those family reasons are. Um, The only person who does is him. And anytime you're doing something for family, it's understandable. It's just a little odd that he would go from Vancouver to LA for family reasons when I believe he's from the Quebec part of Canada with the last name Crepeau. It's probably not a wild guess. Um, But yeah, that was a bit odd um yeah
1: this was tweeted out about an hour ago like about when we started recording this is from jj adams from i believe yep. he does glass city is that or is that some that's a different no that's uh, somebody else he's a but adams covers DC. vancouver DC. right DC. yeah he's a yeah. very yeah. prominent sports reporter over there in vancouver he tweeted out it was a quote very special personal situation end quote that led crapo to ask out one that quote couldn't be solved in vancouver unquote Schuster said it was a combination of that. And then going to LA, uh, obviously no one knows what the situation is, but Axel Schuster said he also wanted to show his other players that they are a player minded team and that they will help them in times of need. And LAFC was the only team to pony up the amount of gam that Vancouver wanted, but they don't actually need that much money, but they wanted to get as much value as possible. So very, very interesting aspect of that, but back to, to Cropo and heading to LAFC.
2: Yeah. and, the other thing you mentioned was the international spot on a goalkeeper. We act surprised, yet the most recent goalkeeper they had that left was Kevin Vermeer, who, if you will remember, was Dutch. So they have shown a tendency to use international slots on a goalkeeper. I thought there were potentially better options out there that weren't internationals. A player that I thought could potentially make sense, who I don't know how long he will last in Toronto, but Alex Bono. Maybe could have made some sense there. Um, I think there are other goalkeepers around the league who could have used that. Stephen Cleveland just signed today with Seattle, which we'll get to. Um, But that could have been a fit as a chance starter sort of thing. So it's an odd one. Vancouver, unbelievably weird structure for this deal. Obviously, they get the first-round pick in 2025 which is notable. Then they get 250000 in GAM this year, 250000 in GAM next year, and then over the next three years after that, 500 k which I believe is brand new in MLS and something you previously couldn't do in trading GAM three years or later down the line.
1: Yeah, just before recording, Paul Tenorio was tweeting about this, that this is a new development. Uh, and then Andrew Weeby dug up an old um, bit from the roster rules that said MLS can change the roster rules at their discretion at any time, whenever they want. So this kind of seems like one of those deals, I guess, where previously they uh, they, they stopped – they only let it be two years in advance. Now it just seems open ended. I also think it had something to do with there being a CBA, right? Now that the new CBA has been agreed to, it's probably free to move as much game as you want within most likely the length of the CBA, which I think is like eight years or something like that. So that's probably why, if I had to guess, that's why that's allowed now. Um, although, of course, you know, it's very MLS y for them to be just changing rules whenever they want. I mean, it's, they're literally allowed to. So, but we're going to keep this thing moving. We've got some more. Uh, Canadian news with Toronto FC. Yes, Connor?
2: We have one more thing to say in regards to Vancouver, because I want Drew's opinion on this. What do they do at goalkeeper? Obviously, they have Thomas Asal. Milan Bordeon has been linked to a potential move to MLS. Is Hassall the starter?
3: Yes. I, I don't know where else you can go. I mean, that's the most reasonable... Um, right. I think Hassall's last appearance was wasn't terribly long ago, right? It was let me look it up uh, September. Um, played against Austin, led in a goal, so he's seen him last action. Um, no, just kidding. His last appearance was against Seattle in October when he led in four goals um on five on nine shots, which, yeah, so I guess this all is your bet. Um You know, Vancouver toward the end of the season, things were looking up and up. Obviously, we've talked a ton about their run making the playoffs and exciting times ahead for Vancouver. But I think I saw in a story that this was like proposed proposed best season ever, like six clean sheets for Vancouver. And, again, you mentioned the family thing. It's kind of like you can't really criticize a transfer or anything like that because it's kind of out of our hands. It's things we can't control. Um, But I guess this hall is your starter. I mean, you can always look in the market and see what's going on. But has all seen time. Uh, he's gone through the ringer playing against Seattle, letting in four goals. Um, but he's played some time in MLS. So, I mean, I guess that's your guy. I feel like Vancouver's always been because wasn't it MLS's back. They had to like trade with Montreal to get a goalkeeper yeah. for like one game or something like that. Yeah, so they the acquired program. Evan Bush. Evan Bush, man. Uh, White Cap legend.
2: Columbus, I think.
3: Yeah. So, Vancouver's been through the ringer with goalkeepers. But yeah, I guess that's always your guy. Um, yeah, or you can go in the transfers. But right now, I mean, I feel like if Vancouver play tomorrow, Hassall's their guy, which I mean, training camps are starting around the world, around the league. So right now, Hassall, I, I think, would be the starter for Vancouver.
2: One name I saw Vancouver salivating over is Dane St. Clair from Minnesota. Um, obviously, Canadian international. So keep an eye on that, especially with an influx in GAM. Let's talk Toronto FC as I steal Josh's job. Big news that came out. Today, which we've sort of known about since Tuesday-ish. BioAkinola has agreed to a new three-year contract with Toronto FC. He was previously out of contract. Obviously, he's coming off a torn ACL, which he suffered in a Canadian national team game against, I believe it was the United States during the Gold Cup. Um, the interesting thing about this signing, though, is he's going to be a U22 initiative signing. I'm not sure if we've seen any already-owned players use it, be used for an internet uh, U22 initiative slot? Hadley?
1: See, I was under the impression that Akinola signed a U22 deal last year. I don't know why I was thinking that. That being said, people did suggest that Akinola would be a good fit for that, and that they were saying that a year ago. So I'm th- more so thinking of Matt Doyle.
2: Oh, I and also found
1: that. But <laughs> there you go, Connor. You can take credit for it.
3: So you're asking if he if he's the first that came to a team as a young money signing.
2: No, if he was the first already under contract MLS player to then be transferred into a U-22 uh, initiative slot.
1: I would say he yeah, is it's very young. Uh, at least the most prominent rule, right? player. Yeah.
2: Was Georgie Mihailovic?
1: No, they didn't. They turn him into DP in Montreal. No, they just traded a bunch of games. Might be a Tam player.
2: Maybe but also, I
1: think player. he's twenty-four. So,
2: oh, is he that old? I thought he was a lot younger. Than that. Okay, well, interesting development either way. Other interesting development: reportedly, Kamar Lawrence, who was acquired by Ali Curtis uh, over the summer, is going to be traded. Some likely within the league. He's currently on international duty duty with Jamaica, who are playing Peru this week. Um, that is the last Ali Curtis signing <laughs> that TFC are dumping, pretty much um, the last one from last season, at least. With Soteldo likely at the door and Dom Dwyer being traded to FC Dallas, so we will see what TFC's backline looks like. And the final one. This is not official yet, but it's being widely reported. Mark Delgado is being traded to the LA Galaxy to re-team up with Greg Vanny. Uh, it's not been officially announced, as I mentioned, but it's reportedly going to be for four hundred thousand in gam and an extra one hundred thousand in potential add-ons. Drew, I will ask you this because Josh is looking at his phone. It's what do you fast. think about? Sorry? Is he playing chess? Probably. No, not this time. No? Okay. Unfortunate. Oh, I say unfortunate. Probably fortunate. What do you think about actually I moves by Toronto FC? What did you just say? Nothing. <laughs> you know I can isolate your audio. And I will yeah, go. you'll find it out later. <laughs> uh, all right. Drew, what do you think about TFC's moves?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think first... Starting with Irak Canola. Um, I feel like the last time we talked about him was funny enough. We were mentioning possibly, I think we saw a tweet about him going to Vancouver and Connor correctly shut that down, which could call Connor now months later. Um, so I think that's just securing the bag to put it in that way. Um, keeping this good player, keeping him under lock. So that's really exciting as TFC kind of go through this. I don't want to say rebuild, um, but just things are changing in Toronto going through a lot. Um with Mark Delgado, I mean, I think you're just going back and see, play with Greg Vanny, right? I mean, he's one of those guys where you know more than anyone, Connor. This guy has been with TFC forever. He's played a ton under Greg Vanny, um, and now he's going back to LA. So Vanny obviously um, sees him as a very good player and wants him back. So that's exciting. So not a whole lot to say. Um, Vanny getting a player that he really likes back at it. Um, Toronto just going through a lot of changes right now, and that kind of includes, you know, tightening down these young players with Iowa Canola, but also getting rid of some older players that, you know, have won championships with the club, but just a new era, a new time with TFC as we talked about last week, uh, a lot of changes going on, a lot of big money players coming into the team. So a new era in TFC and Iowa Canola for sure looks to be a part of this new era in Toronto, understandably so. We've seen him dominate MLS for a while. Uh, well, not for a while, but we've seen him dominate MLS for a couple of seasons now. and. um Delgado just going back to the coach that he's played for so long. And yeah, so a lot of changes in Toronto. This is just signifying more changes going on, but exciting times as you can probably attest to in Toronto.
2: Yes, I can. Delgado is a bit of an unfortunate loss because he's an absolute workhorse. Uh, And I maintain, and I tweeted this out when TFC played well, Delgado was playing well or no, when Delgado was playing well, TFC played well. When Delgado played poorly, TFC played poorly, but I will now hand the job back to Josh that I stole to talk about Toronto FC. Joshua, tell us about the next team who are also tearing it up.
1: Yes. Enter Miami. Talk about tearing it down, building it back up again. We mentioned last week, they've, they're basically a new team, Uh, entirely new roster. Almost only kept about 11 players. I think got rid of 17, something like that. Just crazy turnover, but that turnover has continued. Um, two huge, giant moves this week, one way bigger than the other. We'll start with the small one first. They signed 21 year old forward Ecuadorian Leonardo Campana from Wolves. This is a loan through 2022 with an option to buy. I'm not sure if this falls under the U22. I didn't read that in their press release. I didn't see anybody say so. Um, but he also has a US green card. So he's not going to be taking up an international slot. So a good bit of business by Inter Miami, I would say. This is a young player that, you know, Pellegrini didn't work out. Carranza didn't work out. Maybe you get Campana to to work out, and, you you know, you can learn under a great forward in Gonzalo Higuain. Uh, But then the, the biggest news of the week by far for Miami, the signing of easily the most important player from last year, Breck Shea. He's back. Or as someone put in the doc, Shrek Shea. Which that's pretty hard to say 10 times fast, I bet. Um, and then, an even bigger news than signing Breck Shea, he caught a snake at Inter Miami training this morning because, of course, Dane Breck and Shea caught a snake.
3: <laughs> the funny thing is, when I Googled um, just Inter Miami, the first thing that pulls up, not even like about signings or anything, Breck Shea captures snake at Inter Miami practice. First headline. That's so, amazing. Big J journalism <laughs> over here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Miami keeping the business rolling. Uh, Honestly, though, good business again for Campana, but also bringing back Rex Shea. He was he was pretty good for Miami the last. I guess he's been with them now two years. He's just been signing these one year deals over and over again. It's definitely been two years because he scored on Atlanta United uh, two years ago.
2: I think uh, because of course he did. He's the only player left over from their initial 2020 expansion.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Robbie Robinson is still there. Um, and he was a draft pick in that first year. Okay. So, yeah, but he didn't really play much in the first year. So as in terms of regulars, yeah, Shay is like one of the last few holdovers, which who would have thought? I mean, Excuse we would have because he's we, yeah. our I consistent said, yeah,
3: force, we, never we, leaving, we never changing, Shrek Shea. Exactly, because he's amazing.
1: We knew he was going to make it through all this roster turnover and the billion coaches and billion players. But When game
3: fails you, Shrek Shea stays forever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get him on the podcast at some point. Ah, oh, that Allocation money, the lasting
1: legacy of MLS multiplex.
2: But getting Brexay on our podcast, that'd be unbelievable. Oh, one can only dream. Hey, if you know somebody connected to inner Miami, hit us up because we want to get Brexay on the podcast.
3: I want to hear about the snake thing. That might be cool.
2: Yeah,
1: we'll get the uh the oral history of Brexay catching a snake. Can we get the, Inter- the snake William on Bruce the podcast?
3: Is the snake alive still?
2: <laughs> That's a very dark but also very good question i'm sure
1: After it is there's silly. no way look if you were going to catch the snake in the first place you would probably take care of it you wouldn't go through all the trouble of shrek wouldn't do anything to her, and not right? killing it yeah no, oh. i'm sure he he took those photos with horses a couple years ago you know he loves animals <laughs> if it's a what is it? constrictor bowl constrictor it's it was it was not that big a snake
3: <laughs> you can't kill shrek he's fine it doesn't matter venom doesn't go through him
1: <laughs> He's impervious to snake bites, apparently. Okay.
2: Shrek. Okay, <laughs> not Shrek. Those snakes are not venomous. They're constrictors. It has constrictor in the name. You
3: can't, you can't. squeeze Shrek Shay.
2: Shrek's That's a big moral. dude. He's can't just muscle. Him. So it's just like metal. You can't bend it. <laughs> all
1: right. Moving on from there, by the <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful Shay and all the snake talk. We're now moving to the uh the ghost category of the show. Casper Shabilko nearing a trade to Chicago from the Philadelphia Union. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere a few days ago, but it seems to be nearing completion today. So it's not official yet. But again, this deal is very, very close. Even uh, Jim Curtin, in his press conference today said a lot of what's being said is factual. He literally said that. So this deal is probably as, as good as uh good as done. It'll be Reportedly, a million gam going to Philly for Chicago, uh, and part of the reason why Shabilko wanted out of Philadelphia is he wanted a longer-term deal. Philly wasn't willing to commit that, and Chicago is. Also popping up today, just a little little treat with the Chicago stuff. I do want your guys' opinion on Shabilko to uh, I want Connor's opinion on it. But seventeen-year-old goal, goalkeeper Chris Brady is drawing interest from Club Rouge now. First of all, I didn't even realize that Chicago had another 17-year-old goalkeeper. That was like This that is a good. different one. This is not <laughs> Gabriel Slonina. This is a different This is a different player. So, apparently they just have tons of 17-year-old like ultra talented goalkeepers. What's in um, the water in Chicago? Yeah, right. They can't make the playoffs or build good teams, but they sure know how to make teenage goalkeepers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a little small thing. But Connor, I want your opinion on uh Casper Shabilko, possibly going from Philly to Chicago. What do you make of this for Chicago? I- I'll be honest, I don't think Philly's losing that much. shabilko has been pretty consistent for them, but they seem to want to put more of their um their goal scoring on Julian Carranza, who they have on loan from Miami. And they've already said they're gonna go out and get another number nine. Uh, probably gonna be a DP if I had to guess. So, what do you make of this move for Chicago, who is gonna be under Ezra Hendrickson for the first time? this year and it's just a team in a constant state of rebuild it feels like.
2: Well they need players first and foremost because they let half of them go um, at the end of the last season Bef- actually before the end of last season but we don't need to get into that again. Um, in terms of bringing Shabilko, it's a player with proven MLS experience who knows how to score goals. he's going to be the guy in Chicago as opposed to in Philly where he was a two or a three on that list you know you had Aronson for a while Alejandro Badoya has been there forever um, Sergio Santos sort of so he's going to be the number one and it'll be very interesting to see how he responds to that From Chicago's perspective, I think that's that's just it. And from Philadelphia's perspective, I think they're, I believe he's a DP, so they're freeing up a DP slot. They're acquiring a whole ton of GAM in this potential trade. Um, They want to bring in, as you said, a new number nine. So you're going to have to get rid of Shabilko no matter what, because I couldn't really see him being used as a substitute unless they planned on doing two strikers, but that just seems sort of weird to me. I think it just makes sense. It's sort of a trade that works for all sides, in my opinion.
1: So just to clarify, Shemilko was not a DP. Billy um, only has one designated player, and that's Jamiro Montero. That's literally it. Oh, uh, it's been that way for a while now. Yeah, they just, they don't, for whatever reason, they don't like getting DPs. Um They also do play in a 4-4-2, at least some of the time. They kind of went away from it this past year. However, I just feel like with bringing in Carranza, and I think they have someone in mind already for that number nine. We just don't know who it is yet. And I have a feeling that it's going to be part of um, Ernst Tanner's sort of um, Central Eastern European scouting network that he has, where he just brings in guys like Shabilko. um, Daniel Gazdag was another one. Um, You know, guys like that that we don't really know of, but they will pay DP money to. I think that's kind of the
2: profile we'll get for that
1: next number nine. So, so in other
2: words, th- Philly, start looking at transfer market for Polish players.
1: That, yeah. Robert Lewandowski, I think he <laughs> would like to come to MLS at some point. He almost came to Chicago a couple of years ago as a rumor. I don't know how, truthful that was in hindsight it sounds ridiculous but zero the there is zero was, truth
2: to that i can guarantee you that with 100 i i would say there's a greater than zero percent chance that
1: there was some truth no, to that. no but,
2: no 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 i'm putting it as zero right now
1: no, uh <laughs> we're gonna keep the running theme here of of huge gam moves by going to the record-breaking gam move the most uh general allocation money ever spent in a trade deal in mls and that is Paul Ariola is reportedly being traded to FC Dallas from DC United. Just want to reiterate, this is not done. There's still a possibility he stays at DC. This has kind of turned into a bit of a saga. Uh, some rumors started popping up that other MLS teams were interested in him and that they were going to start doing record-breaking amounts of money. But we didn't know at the time that it was two million dollars in GAM. Uh, but also that there were some Liga MX clubs very interested in Ariola who spent a few years in Liga MX before joining DC United as a DP where he currently is. Club America is that League MX club. And guess how many times they bid on Paul Ariola? Four freaking times. They submitted four bids for Paul Ariola to come play at Club America, one of the biggest teams in the Western Hemisphere, biggest clubs on this side of the Atlantic. And DC was like, you know what? No, we're going to stick with our fake uh, money over here in MLS. And so they seem more inclined to sell within the league. So that in and of itself has been interesting, especially with this, influx of game that we've been seeing and definitely is shining a light on mls and how things work yes connor um,
2: it just on that point it just makes sense from dc's perspective because, no it does And
1: it's the same reason why yeah. uh you know philly's trading shiboko to chicago the mls teams get more money through this fake ma- money mechanism than they yeah, would if, by getting an outside transfer fee because of how much of it converts into actual game it's less it's a smaller number so yes Makes sense. However, as we've seen with Ariola and Kellen Acosta in last week's huge move from Colorado to LFC instead of overseas, is these players are not necessarily thrilled by this. Ariola himself tweeting out tonight, quotes, Ariola withdrew interest, which is what was reported by Stephen Goff of the Washington Post in regards to the America deal falling through seems like Ariola was more inclined to go to club America. And he said himself, this is an important year. It's an important year for a guy like him trying to make the world cup. He probably feels like he stands a better chance of performing well in Mexico with club America than say, FC Dallas, which we know sort of struggles with these domestic players. Well, not necessarily domestic players, but the big money players. I actually think this is a great deal for FC Dallas, but drew, I want your opinion on FC Dallas shelling out 2 million in game. Obviously, Again, it's still not a fully done deal. It seems like it's going to cross the line sometime soon if it does end up happening. And it seems like FC Dallas is the only one willing to pay this much for Ariola. First, I want to ask, do you think he's worth the $2 million in GAM? Um, again, GAM is so weird, and these numbers have been jumping up. This is a record, though. And how do you make uh, the situation in terms of Ariola probably wanting to go overseas and maybe being stuck with FC Dallas?
3: Yeah, I think... Is part of Paul Ariel worth it? Like, it's, I mean, GAM, like you said, it's weird to even put numbers on these things. I mean, if you told me that this record is going to be set by a Paul Ariel transfer, I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know about that. So I don't really think he's worth a $2 million GAM. Um, as far as this with Dallas, I think, you know, they've obviously made a lot of news in the offseason between Pepe going to Osberg and then promoting Jesus Ferreira to a DP. Um, I think this will. I mean, obviously, he's not a Ricardo Pepe replacement. I mean, he's going to play on that right side. He's going to be, you know, just someone flinging balls in, I think, and you have Jesus Ferreira to worry about and score the goals. So I think Dallas will be in a decent spot. Hopefully, they'll be better than they have been in the past because it's just been horrendous there. They've been producing really good players that haven't actually been winning. So I think Dallas will be an improvement from Ariola's perspective, having him on the right to find these other players, specifically Jesus Ferreira in there um, and letting him work because we know how good of a player he is and as far as the him being stuck in the states i think that's an interesting point that when you have gam tam sam all that stuff like you're kind of just teams are really forced to because it's the end of the day sports is a business right these teams have to do what's best for them and whatever gives them the most money and the way mls is set up these moves are the way that gives you the most money So I think it's an unfortunate circumstance that MLS players are in. And it's really an unfortunate circumstance that MLS clubs are in because like we talked about with Vancouver, some clubs genuinely have the best interest of its players at heart. But then you also for yourself have to make money and produce revenue because you are a business that's here to win championships. So in the league, very much is designed to have players moving in the States compared to going abroad. These moves kind of just have to happen. So that sucks. That's just a hard thing that teams have to deal with And MLS really, I think probably needs to account for if they want to grow in the global market, because it's hard to really blame teams for doing this when there's such a big incentive for them to have this fake MLS money um, sitting at their doorstep compared to going overseas and selling players abroad, if that's where they want to go. So I think Dallas is going to be better. Um, obviously, I think there are multiple pieces away from being a contender, but I think he's going to fit in well on that right side, and we'll see how that improves Dallas throughout this whole next season. Um, but I don't think he's worth the $2 million in GAM, and this is just a rule and an uh, idea that I think MLS is going to really have to look at in the mirror and see that maybe it needs changing if the league wants to grow because you can't really blame a team for doing this when they're getting so much more money. Um, for training league compared to overseas.
1: One last thing I want to add on this before we move on, but I do think this is a great deal for us. Dallas, maybe not for the 2 million. I do think it's a bit of an overpay for Ariola, even given the whole game situation, but just for the off the field situation, uh, you know, playing on the wing aside, he is bilingual. So he'll be great for the locker room in terms of communicating with both the Spanish speaking players. And obviously the tons of young Academy domestic players that they have coming through but also he'll provide some veteran leadership as well. And that's something that Dallas has been sorely missing as we've seen great academy output, but those older players, um, players like Ariola, that could be DPs and and cost a little money. They've definitely missed on those. So we shall, we shall see uh, how it turns out. And if Ariola even ends up with FC Dallas, staying in the Western conference, moving on to a, another team, Some news surrounding the Portland Timbers in these last few days, especially today, huge news for them. But we'll start with a pretty notable signing. They signed Argentine youth defensive midfielder David Ayala, 19 years old, signing for $2.6 million plus add-ons. I can't remember which club they grabbed him from, and I did not write it down for whatever reason. But he will be a U-22 signing. So that's pretty big for the Portland Timbers. Uh, Keep in mind, they also just signed his name, Santiago Rodriguez? I can't remember. He showed up in the playoffs, and he was fantastic for them. Um, maybe I'm the Okay, that's there we one. go. So that's where Ayala came from. But this is the second U twenty two signing that the Timbers have made. Is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, but also, probably the biggest news for them: uh, a legend is saying goodbye. Diego Valeri's um, transfer to Lanús down in Paraguay has, or no, Argentina
3: is in Argentina.
2: Yeah, it's there Argentina.
1: Argentina. Uh, that transfer became official today. He put out a very nice post talking about Portland. Uh, the video of him telling his daughter that he won MVP back in 2018 also started recirculating. So I, I had great joy in watching that video. She was so excited for him. It's, it's very sweet. Um, but, yeah, so Diego Valeri is gone now from the Portland Timbers. This is insane. This is official. also want to add they will have a testimonial match where Lanus and Portland play each other. That will be in 2023. And Valeri will play a half for each team. So that will be very exciting, uh, especially if that takes place in, say, Providence Park, which I think is where they were discussing it. Uh, but, Drew, I want your thoughts on Portland saying goodbye to Diego Valeri, a, tr- a true club legend.
3: Yeah, he's been one of those guys that haven't been I haven't been in the last very long, but he's always just been there, I think you know, around the time when, because when Atlanta announced his team was like 2014 and then 2015, Portland wins MLS Cup and he was a big part of that. So he's kind of just been one of those guys that is always there. It's always dominating with Portland. I mean, even this past, you know, MLS Cup and playoffs, you know, even though he's on the older side of things, he's one of those guys where if he's not on the field, people are wondering, you know, where's Valeri, where's Valeri? So he's definitely a presence on the field in this league and I mean, I'm not sure if anyone doesn't like Diego Valeri. Um, yeah, he's a very likable guy across the league. He's very involved with the Portland Thorns. I think the NMBSL loves him. Um, obviously, the Thorn and Timbers fan base crossover very well. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a legend that's leaving the game. Obviously, getting to see him still play in Argentina. The Argentina league is available on Paramount Plus, which is awesome. Uh, Lanus and MLS continuing that connection because that's where Miguel Amaron came from. So, exciting times in argent it's kind of interesting seeing the argentina mls connection going the other way around but yeah it's like a league legend that i think people are going to miss people are used to seeing this guy dominate in providence park he's one of you know in one of the most historic fan bases and one of the biggest franchises in the league he's kind of the face of that team so that's just a sad day in general but yeah i mean he's he's a face that no one will ever forget in this league you know in 10 years down the road he's going to be one of those founding Not founding, but those one of those guys that people don't forget in this era of Major League Soccer. So sucks to see him go on the testimonial match is really cool. I've never even heard of that or thought that was a thing. So that's really cool that we're going to get to see that. And I think Valeri is more than deserving of that, especially those in Providence Park. So sad to see a legend go, but part of the business. And yeah, MLS Portland is going to remember him for a very long time.
1: Yeah. Testimonial matches are definitely a thing. Uh, I can't remember. Actually, I think Napoli and Barcelona just played a testimonial match recently for Diego Maradona and his passing. Um, So there's stuff like that that we see every now and then. I don't think I've ever seen an MLS player like that. And that kind of speaks to uh, Valeri's legend. One thing I want to add before I throw it to you, Connor, uh, Valeri was also very adamant about the Portland Thorns in the women's game in Portland which we don't see a whole lot of that from MLS players um, or really any of the U S men's national team players. I think that will start to change in the next few years. Um, and especially as it seems like the U S men's and U S women's players are starting to sort of uh, join together as they work out new CBAs and, and things of the like, but it's always cool to see Valeri be so supportive of the thorns and especially uh, you know, the love he has for his family and, and wanting his family to grow up in Portland. It's, it's shocking, honestly, that they'll be leaving because it just seemed like he would be there forever. Um, I'm sure he'll make his way back. Actually, he did say it did say in the press release that he'd be coming back to Portland after a year or two, I think, to be an ambassador for the club. So that's very exciting. He'll definitely be back in Portland before we know it. But always great to see him supporting the the Thorns in there as well.
2: Yeah, uh, big shout out to Josie Altador because he is one player who's been very vocal on that front, um, specifically in getting a team to Canada, in which case, bring a team to Canada. Uh, the Olympics proved we should have one. but. I think the one thing I want to say with Valeri, he is the first player who deserves to have a trophy, not a trophy, a statue outside that stadium. Um, that is a club legend. Legend. He's put in so much for that team. He loves that city so much. He deserves it and should be recognized for all the hard work he's put in. But yeah, and he's going home too. He made his debut, I think, with Lanus. So it's... A good homecoming, and I'm sure having his family go back and see where he grew up probably means a lot as well. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they're having a testimonial match to pay tribute to an MLS legend and Portland legend.
1: Yeah, he's absolutely getting a statue outside of Providence Park. I would venture to guess that there'll be two Diego statues, one of Chara and one of Valeri, probably next to each other since those guys were so integral to the team over the years.
2: What do they use for the statue? What picture?
1: Oh, I don't know. They'll probably just make up their own pose. It doesn't necessarily have to be from, you know, an actual moment in time.
2: Did they ever, did he? He never won an MLS Cup. No, he did win an MLS Cup.
1: Yeah, they won 2015 MLS Cup. They went to 2018 and 2021 Cup together. They won MLS back together in 2020.
2: I'll bet you it's a picture with an Oscop.
1: <laughs> give him give a magic spray can to use as a flare in their statue, even though that was the White Caps that did that. That would be hilarious.
2: There you go. There you go. Let's do Houston.
1: Yeah, sticking with more uh, Western Conference teams. Houston Dynamo have been making some waves this week. Uh not in a very normal way, not in a way that we see a lot in MLS. We'll start with the the usual, um, the more typical sort of uh signing we see. They signed a designated player. Forward Sebastian Ferreira. They got him from uh, Libertad down in Paraguay. I believe he's a Paraguayan international. I couldn't really find out for sure from the press release, or I at least skimmed over it and missed it. But he is their most ex- expensive signing in club history. I didn't see a number attached to this, but I think it's somewhere around $5 million for him, 4 to $5 million. Uh So that is very significant because this is the first big signing made in the club under new ownership, under Ted Seagal. But – And what is arguably much bigger news, though, is they signed a multi year deal with Fubo TV Gaming. It's a betting partnership, essentially. And it could be up to, uh, could be up to worth, could be worth up to, wow, couldn't get those words right. There you go. $178 million. And the reasoning is if sports betting becomes legalized in Texas, which in the US, it's becoming legalized all over the place, it is going to be a matter of when, not if. So when that happens, this uh, Fubo TV gaming sports betting deal will start to renew at $15 million annually. So you're talking about bringing in tons and tons of money every single year just because of the sports betting partnership. This is already what I would take as a good sign for the Houston Dynamo under new ownership. Connor, what do you make of these moves? What do you make of, say, Gall sort of uh, putting a stamp on the club already, both on and off the field, but especially financially?
2: Yeah, and this is Pat Onstad as well, uh, I believe. So he said,
1: yeah, I think so. Well, he he would be responsible for the DP signing, but Seagal would probably be more responsible for that uh, gaming deal, which, you know, obviously financially is bigger.
2: What is his official title? Seagal? No, uh, Onstad. Onstad? He's the GM slash technical director. Yeah, then he probably wouldn't have any sort No, no,
1: that's, yeah, it's definitely the business side of things. More so the, the actual uh, sporting side.
2: Yeah. Um, this, as somebody who's in sport media and has studied it for coming on four years, that's a massive deal. Um, and a really, really good bet by Houston. You're getting a huge, huge payday on something that really hasn't even been confirmed yet. If it does, it's even better for you. If it doesn't, congratulations, you just made X amount of money doing absolute crap in a state where sports gambling isn't legal. Sports gambling, as you said, Josh, is going to be legal. And getting ahead of that already, I think, is going to be big. Um, And having that influx of money will allow you to bring in more players like Sebastian Ferreira. Uh, allow you to bring in more expensive DPs, allow Pat Onstead to really show what he can do and have an impact on this team. Um, Because, like, Houston's in a very good soccer city. They're in Texas, a massive, massive state. There's no reason they couldn't be unbelievable uh, and pushing for the playoffs every single year. And I think this deal is going to allow them to do that a lot more freely than having to ask ownership for money year after year after year uh, while putting up a net loss because $178 million is a lot of money, especially in a league where the salary cap is like, what, maybe $5 bucks or the salary budget, um, not to mention, what, we'll say another 5 million DPs in Houston because they don't spend money on DPs that's a lot of money gives you a lot to play with and it allows Houston to be a profitable team. So I think this is only good. I think it's a good sign for the league as they become more comfortable and more accepting of sports betting. And you know, this what's the negative in it realistically there isn't one. So I like it. I really like it for Houston.
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a huge move in my eyes from Seagal and that new ownership. Uh, and like Connor was saying, Houston is a untapped soccer city for sure. There, there's a lot that can be done with that community and with the fan base there. And this is a very, very good step in that direction. I would say, um, honestly, watch out. I, I really do think Houston is sort of a sleeping giant when it comes to being one of the bigger teams in this league. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens then in the next few years, um, uh, moving on, jumping back over to the Eastern conference. Now Columbus crew, uh, Just some small news from them this week. They did grab Mark Nichols from Charlotte, which we mentioned earlier in the pod, for their technical director position, replacing, as we mentioned, Pat Onstead, who left for a similar job over in Houston. They are also reportedly set to acquire Australian center back Milos Degenek. Maybe I should try to say it with an Australian accent. Uh, They're going (laughs) to get him on a free transfer. I think you said that right. Yeah, Milos Degenek. That's that's what we'll go with. Um, it's a lot right, of I meat. just I just restrained myself from doing an Australian accent. You're proud of me. <laughs> do it. Um, Come on, do it. Do no, it. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm good. Um, so that's I that's the news food. for Columbus, <laughs> for a reason probably. Um, yeah. And then some news we didn't touch on last week. I don't know if it was official last week or if it became official after we recorded. But RSL signed a 14 year old kid, youngest signing in MLS history, even younger than Freddie Adu. He was fourteen years and fifteen days when he signed. Now he's like fourteen years and twenty-one days, or something like that. Uh, he's also six-four, as Connor discovered for us, which is Absurd. ridiculous. Absurd. I'm only five-eight. Connor, you're how tall? Well, it's you're probably gonna between five-eight. So don't worry about it. All right, there we go. You I tall? know Drew's Drew's really tall because when I saw him at Marta, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, Drew's pretty tall."
3: Yeah, he's still taller than me though. This kid's got me beat by a couple.
2: How, how, how tall, tall are you? It?
3: Six foot, six-two-ish.
2: Oh, okay, so you are big. Damn.
1: Yeah. That, and that means that this kid that's almost 10, almost 10 years younger than you is uh taller than you, which is freaking yeah. crazy. Um, I already mentioned my piece to you guys. This signing doesn't really interest me. I think he'll be stuck with the second team for a few years and it'll be a while before we see him. So, you know, what's the big whoop? Good for him for making ton, you know, making way more money at the age of 14 uh than probably I have made so far in my entire life. <laughs> but, Drew, what do you make of the signing for ourselves? Is this something that excites you? Because, like I said, it's not super interesting to me. Especially as a fellow tall person. As a fellow <laughs>
3: th- for the tall person club, I am disappointed he's not the point guard for a basketball team. No, um, I mean, I guess it's cool. Like, it's cool that he's 14 and playing in the MLS. But, like, I feel like he's just going to be on USL in a couple months. We won't hear about him for a while until he scores some crazy goal. It'll go viral on ESPN FC, like, oh, my God, this 14-year-old hit a bike against the Las Vegas Lights or something like that. So I don't think it's. it might be cool in a couple of years. I'm not investing too much stock in it. Um, If we hear his name again, just remember his name because maybe we'll see him. He has the physical ability to dominate this league. But, yeah, I'm not – it's cool, I guess, but I'm not really too invested in it because we might see this kid stuck in USL for the rest of his time, which isn't bad. USL is a good league. But not getting too excited
2: about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think this could backfire on Josh. <laughs> watch him be the next big American player. Um, Possibly, we've seen what happened to Freddie Adu. We also saw what happened to Alfonso Davies. So, like, could anything could happen? Anything could happen. Um, but yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah, congrats to the kid. Now, there's not much else to say. I'm sure by next week we'll know more MLS news. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: The, at this rate, the news is not going to stop, and teams are in preseason now. And I'm sure even as we're speaking right now, there are two MLS executives on the phone with each other saying, you know, i'm I'm gonna send freaking Emmanuel Reynoso over to you know, I don't know Portland right now for. Three million in gam, like you never know what's coming down the pike. That's all made up, no sources. But <laughs> Josh
2: confirms, <laughs> yeah, Josh reporting this on the podcast. <laughs> Quote him Will Forbes will back that up. Oh, god, <laughs> by the way, I just want to quickly talk about this quickly. How stupid do you have to be to believe that Alejandro Pozuelo will go to Wuhan, China? especially after China is cracking down on the number of internationals that can sign in the league. Come on. Also, Andrea Bellotti's not coming to Toronto FC.
1: Yet. Period. He'll be here.
2: Comma. No, yet. Period. He's not coming here. Oh, he's not coming here from what I know. Shall we wrap this wonderful, wonderful episode? That is probably an hour and... We... Rec- Well, actually, we should quickly speak about this. We're trying a new recording method. I'm recording everything on my end through Zoom. So audio may sound a little bit different. It allows me to turn the episodes around a lot more quickly. Um, Last weekend, I spent a grand total of, I think it was half an hour, editing and uploading the entire show when it would normally take me... Probably around 90 minutes. Um, Granted, there were some audio issues in the first 10 minutes, but... Yes, that was my fault. Uh, (laughs) Apologies for that. I forgot to unmute my audio file when I was exporting uh, our podcast and didn't realize. Um, Normally, I listen back to them, but frankly, I just don't have the time or energy to do that with this podcast anymore. Um, It's quite a lot. (laughs) These episodes are very long. But yeah, let us know what you think, if you like it or not. If you don't, we can go back to the way we were doing things. But yeah, we're also considering implementing video. We don't know. We're, those are very rough ideas. Um, but we're trying out new things. And that's sort of the idea behind this podcast for me specifically is I get to try out new and different techniques that I wouldn't get to try out doing other podcasts. Um, but yeah, I'll stop rambling on. I'll let Drew do the outro um, because he always does it. And one of these days, I'm going to steal it from him it and it's going to be hilarious. But Drew, take us out.
3: Man, that'll be a sad day. But until then, thank you so much for listening. As always, really appreciate it. And as always, visit the website, mlsmultiplex.com, to check out awesome written articles by our awesome team of writers. You can find MLS Multiplex on Twitter at MLS Multiplex. You can find us three on Twitter, myself at underscore. Drew Hubbard, Josh at Josh underscore Bolin and Connor at CWG Somerville. See our tweets about soccer and everything else in our fun world. So be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find the website on Twitter at MLS multiplex. And again, please leave a review on the podcast. Like we were talking about, we love hearing ways we can improve, what we can do better, what we can always grow and improve on. So please leave a review on the podcast. And again, thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week as we talk about assuredly more nonsense going on in mls so thanks again and we'll talk to you next week
2: thank you for listening to the mls multiplex podcast check out all of the contributors written work at mlsmultiplex.com